0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening!
1: What's up, what's up, and what's up? Whether you're listening to this in the morning, noon, or night, we're glad you're listening to the podcast. Clark and Bob continuing to go through Romans, and we're almost done with the book.
0: Indeed.
1: Today, we're looking at Romans 13. Romans 13. And a uh, really good, deep, thoughtful, profound passage. And I think as we reflect on the podcast, we've done podcasts on Romans 13 before. Yeah. So if you've heard, if you hear some of this stuff, like, that sounds familiar. It's probably... Be because it is. <laughs> we you think we guys, talked about it before. Isn't
0: that your Bible reading, though? You know, like if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you have come to realize like, oh, I, I've heard John three 3.16 before. Or, yeah. And so what's so amazing about this journey with God over a lifetime or over just, you know, a few months, whatever it might be, is that even as we encounter maybe the same words or the same passages that we can um, uh, we can experience God in different ways and mm-hmm. fresh new ways. And that's one of the gifts about talking about the Bible with other people also is because they're going to... I mean, even in this chapter, we'll get to it at the end, there's a little... Um, a couple of verses where Clark and they just took it differently, and so it's interesting when you talk about it. Um, anyway, what the Holy Spirit will lift within community, but just even just in a new day, reading it with fresh eyes. Yeah.
1: So, so I think, Bobby, what stands out to you from the get-go? Romans thirteen.
0: Well, from the get-go, I mean, we'll just start from the beginning. We're talking about authority, and like Clark said, we've talked about this again. And uh, what just sticks out, though, is how how this is, these authorities, verse one, that exist have been established by God. Mm-hmm. And really, one of the main takeaways here is that authority is a good thing. That even from Genesis one, when you know the Lord speaks into the darkness and it's chaotic, that out of that comes peace. And out of that comes tranquility, and really, yeah. that's the hope here. That
1: that's um, the heart of God,
0: right? That you know, because while we're reading about it within a government sense, like you see authority within the home, you see authority in other arenas where it's actually such a good thing. So sometimes I think people read this and are kind of like, Ugh. you know. And you can think of ways where you know authority has been abused, where it hasn't been helpful, or maybe it's been something that isn't in line with the heart of God. And what Paul is saying here is. Um, that there's there's leaders that have been appointed, and when those things, when order is in place, those things are good, that God isn't mm-hmm. you know a God of chaos, that he that he's a God of peace. Yeah, I,
1: I'd say pause for a moment please. and just think about think about a home setting with a husband and a wife and kids, sure. Like when there's authority and it's authority done well and gently and honestly and kindly and self-sacrificially, mm-hmm. the family thrives. Mm-hmm. Think about when you were in school, whether it was last year or 50 years ago. When there was authority and it was gentle and structured and expectations were laid out, the classroom thrives and kids are able to learn and study. Same thing with government, same thing with the church, same thing with everything right. else. God's established authority not to... To squish out and, and quench like fun right. and life, but the exact opposite, so that we can thrive, we can
0: actually flourish. Yep, yeah. it's just
1: when sin enters and human beings take advantage of authority right. that becomes a problem, and that happens a lot today,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So that's kind of we've talked about that before, and that sounds, stood out again, and that was it was good to reflect on that. And then we, as we continue to march through the passage, though. Um, you kind of get to this language that's—he's still talking about um, kind of government, but he's talking about debt mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, how you live, like mm-hmm. what you do with your money. And so it's interesting. Um, this is kind of a little bit of what stuck out to you. So we're in verses like 8, 9,
1: um, yeah, right, 11 right right, right in there. Yeah, so kind of transition, like Bobby said, follow the government so long as it doesn't compromise your relationship with the Lord and what Jesus has called you to. Mm-hmm. And then, like Bobby said, picking up at verses 8, 9, 10, um, this goes back to a lot of Jesus' teaching, debt, finances, and then also other areas of life. So let me me read these to you, Mm -hmm. picking up in verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has been fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And so when I first read verse 8, naturally we think of money. Owe no one anything. Think about debt. Uh, Dave Ramsey is probably the most um, well-known financial coach in in the world, I would say. Financial Peace University. And he has this line he uses often. He says, save like no one else so that you can give like no one else. And there's truth to that. When you're out of debt, you get to tell every single dollar where it's going. You decide that. Mm-hmm. But when you're in debt, you, you actually legally have to send certain parts of your money certain directions or you're mm-hmm. going to get in trouble. And just this last week, I was talking to a couple at church, a young couple, uh, really been thrown curveball after curveball after curveball, with jobs and income and housing, Hmm. and they're focused on the Lord. It hasn't been easy. They got their bumps and their bruises, but even with their hours cut right now, they are learning how to budget and how to work together as a team. And they just Hmm. told me, like, we're becoming closer knit, a tighter family. We're actually having more fun on less money, and they're finding more freedom in their life. Hmm. Doesn't mean it's easy, but they're actually, I guess, trending towards thriving. I A few things need to happen with occupation hours, but they're making the best of it. Hmm. And they're giving their best to each other. They're giving their best to their kids. They're giving their best to the church. And it's because, you know, there's an order. There's authority. They're budgeting. And when you look at the next verse, you have something you're going to say?
0: No, I was going to say I, that, yeah, transitioning to verse 9, like it's all give, 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 give. And that's, you know, the opposite. <laughs> exactly. It's
1: all about giving. And verse 9 looks at the sins that we've all committed to some regard. It says these commandments, don't commit adultery, you shall not murder, yeah. you shall not steal, you shall not covet. Those are the opposite of giving. Those are right. all sins of taking. hmm all sins of taking. Hmm. And there's something that myself included, Bobby, you, hmm. we battle with these things because naturally we battle envy, we battle jealousy, we battle uh, lust and pride and gluttony, all these things. I want more. I want more. I right. want something that's not mine. That's that's a, the, the huge temptation. And God is a God of generosity. He's right. a God of giving. And so he's saying, like, when when you are repenting and believing, when you're out of financial debt— But even when you've structured your life in a way that you're able to give and not so much worry about what am I going to get out of this or what am I going to take, you are going to be able to live your life and experience real freedom. Hmm. Because God's a giver. He calls us to be givers. Hmm. He says, don't bother with adultery, murder, stealing, and covet. Hmm. You're not taking. You're to be a giver. Hmm. Hmm. And I was just really encouraged by that. What does it look like for me to repent of, of those things and also say, God, replace them with your generosity? Right. With your peace, with your order, your authority, your structure. Hmm. I want to thrive. I want my family to thrive, the church to thrive. I don't know. you have anything else you'd add?
0: No, not in that section. I liked that was just a uh, uh, really good noticing. That was like all these things like do not do this, do not like take, 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 take. And then, yeah, when we step in and, and when we relinquish things, when we surrender you know, our money, our, our time, whatever it might be, um, it's, it's all about giving. And that just sounds like the kingdom of God.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and so I think this is the last couple of verses. We, again, you see a natural transition to living in true freedom. You want to read verses 11 through 14? Sure. Because the two words that came to mind here I thought about clarity. And what was your word?
0: And I just thought about urgency. And so that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning, how you can read a passage and literally real time, you're reading it with someone right next to you. And then you look up and you discuss and, oh, actually we meant the Holy Spirit in different ways here. So this is the NIV starting in verse 11. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness or in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension or jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So you said
1: urgency. Uh,
0: Yeah, I did. It just seems so he's talking about and do this. So the things that we just mentioned in verses like 8, 9, 10. Um, understanding the present time and so what stuck out to me is just the understanding that guys there's a priority here and um, sometimes we get our priorities mixed up and uh, the priority isn't actually maybe what's right in front of us. But it's the coming of the kingdom of God. And so it's about how do we use these things, um, these uh, acts of kindness, the ability to give generosity, like Clark was saying, um, to love your neighbor, like in verse 9, to extend grace, to invite the kingdom of God near. Um, what stuck out, too, was you read about verse Thirteen about these kind of like big sin acts or like this cloud that um, like Clark will use kind of more of a visual representation that might um, be clouding your vision or it might be like, oh, confusing you. Like, no, the time isn't near or, or this is why my priorities, you know, aren't aligned because there's this obvious thing that's going on in my life. Um, but I actually want to encourage you that as the passage continues to so the end of verse 13 into 14, not in dissension or jealousy, you see, because sometimes... Um, like I'm talking about, these priorities and them chi- slipping and changing isn't the most obvious things. You know, sometimes these things kind of sneak in and they slowly infiltrate our schedule or they slowly infiltrate and confuse, you know, our needs and our wants or um, our, our busyness versus our rest. And it's hard sometimes to um, to distinguish those things. So that's why I love the end when it says, rather, your." let's remind ourselves of what the priority is. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify these desires, Lord. Again, transform our minds. We've heard that earlier in Romans also. And so um, be on guard when you put on the armor of light uh, against these things that are obvious, like he says, like the the drunkenness, sexual immorality, but also um, just against the shifting priorities and um, against how we can just... Mm-hmm. We can consume like, oh, this is what's important in my work schedule and this drop off and, um, you know, eat, whatever, what we're eating, what the kids are eating, mm-hmm. like the daily tasks. So I want to read that too in the message. Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and, exo- and exhausted in taking care of all of your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. Mm. Um, so that's really what stuck out to me from this whole chapter. And, what,
1: and your point was that happens with a lot of small decisions. Right. A really a lot of small moments where we were slowly inching our way one direction, you get to a point someday you're like, how did I get here?
0: Yes, you're know saying there's a
1: lot of just mundane ordinary points that lead you to exhaustion.
0: Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how more it just made sense in a picture of clarity mm-hmm. and about understanding and being able to see and to have vision.
1: Yeah, multidimensional here, but within the chapter you're talking about how authority is good, how when you are repenting and believing and you're not in debt to the Lord or anybody else, you're walking in real freedom. You have real clarity and vision to see, like, what's really happening, what you're really called to. Because if you notice in verse 11, mm, yeah. it says, The time's come for you to wake up from your sleep. Salvation's yeah. near. The night has gone, and the day has come. Well, what's the difference between night and day? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, well, night is dark. You can't see you can't anything. See. Yeah. Daytime, sun's up. You have great clarity. You have vision. You can see what's happening. Mm-hmm. And God, in many other passages, calls us to be children of the light, mm-hmm. how the light exposes sin how the light's a gift, it brings life. And so my my takeaway here is that when I'm submitting to the proper authorities in my life and I'm repenting and I'm believing and I'm not indebted to anybody, I get to live really free. And when I'm really free and I have that freedom, I think God gives us clarity to see people and see situations in the way that he does. Yeah. And we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and we make we no provision of the flesh saying, God, help me kill my, my sinly desires and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's have some fun following Jesus today. Mm. It's going to be good. So I think, I believe that's all we have. Romans 13, any other final notes you want to bring up?
0: No, nope, not at all. Thanks for listening, you guys. Have a blessed, oh dear, Wednesday?
1: Yeah, it's Wednesday today.
0: Have a blessed Wednesday.
1: Yep. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>